Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. This experience of life, doing things, is more valuable than buying things, physical things. Now that's a society thing, but these people go to work. And then they work in organizations that we call corporates. But that doesn't change that. They still have them desires in the corporates. And the people organizing these events, the managers and the directors of the companies, they're no different from the other people. They're still in the experience economy. They're still experiencing uh, wanting to get new experiences. So I think the whole industry is in a really, really opportunistic place at the moment, purely because of these global trends. We didn't start it. We didn't create it. We're just part of it, and it just it's just happening. Okay, good morning, Tupreneur community. I'm back to another podcast this morning, and I'm very happy to welcome Jennifer Burke and Jackie Coward from Global Team Gatherings, I believe, Switzerland. Both based in Switzerland, or one of you based in Switzerland? Both of us. Both of us are based in Switzerland. Both of you in sunny Switzerland. So I was in Switzerland the other week down at Lugano, and it was stunning. Uh, October. The other week it was October. It was absolutely stunning. So could I ask you both first just to give us an intro on who you are and your background? Jennifer, go ahead. I was going to say, Jackie, you start. (laughs) Okay, I can I can start. Well, it's one of those um, teams, is it? You know, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we are both Canadian as well, um, but we, we're both living in separate in Switzerland. So, um, yeah, thank you, thank you for having us here. And um, yeah, I'm living in Switzerland. I've been here for almost a decade. Um, I started in Canada. My background is in um, my undergrad is in ecotourism and outdoor leadership. So very early on in my career, I worked in the mountains and leading trips like that. And then that shifted more to uh, corporate leadership. And um, um, so I've spent the last number of years working in kind of a balance between the two. Um, Right now, I currently teach um, in Iceland, an adventure guide program. So I teach um, tourism and leadership. Excellent. And you, Jane? I'm Jennifer. I'm also Canadian, living in Switzerland since 2010. And um, I grew up in the Yukon in Canada. (laughs) And I don't know when I found we found Jackie here. We found each other, I guess, through our common interests and our commonalities. And we decided uh, my background's in high tech, actually, high tech and digital, everything digital. Um, But we found our common interests and we decided that we we would want to try and launch our global team gatherings kind of offerings. 
So Global Team Gatherings, our mission is to bring teams together, especially after COVID, and there's a new distributed work model, a hybrid work model. And we think that there's a market there to help teams come together to, to learn, to, to communicate better, to actually get work done together in inspiring locations. So that's the whole basis of Global Team Gatherings. So these two have known each other well, both Canadian backgrounds, globe setters jumping about the world, ended up in Switzerland. This is a startup, correct? You're right at the beginning of the startup journey with this, because I know, uh, Jen, Jen, you've got some other background with another tour operation. You're also in digital marketing, but this is a startup right at the start between the two of you, yeah? Yes, it's we're right. We're just beginning. Okay, so where yeah. where we find this interesting for the community is where you're focusing on who you. So could one of you just explain who your customer is going to be? I think right now the, well, Jen kind of touched on it a little bit. The customers are um, pretty much everyone that's working in the hybrid work model. So that's kind of our focus is the corporate workforce. That, so we're really focused on co corporate tourism right now. And any teams that are working in the hybrid model, which is most of the world, I guess, um, and right now we're focusing in Iceland and Switzerland, uh, just because that's uh, I, because I have this sort of unique and, and special relationship with Iceland and I teach there and I know it. And then Switzerland, because we work here. So that's um, that's geographically where we're where we're focused. But the demographic is, um, um, yeah, I guess just anybody that's working in that hybrid work model or the decentralized system of, of work right now. Jen, do you have anything to add to that? Um, maybe you could add a little bit about why we're focusing there. Like after COVID, there's a hundred percent remote working or there's some sort of hybrid work model. And so even mm -hmm. during COVID, like um, teams were, people were starting to work together and they'd never met each other. And then maybe you could talk about why we think there's value in bringing people together um, in order to mm -hmm. learn about each other, learn about, like, what is the, what's our value there? Maybe you could talk yeah, about that. Yeah, so before COVID, very commonly, um, if a team was to do an offsite together or a retreat, this sort of typical model would be um, a conference space for three to five days. And then possibly on the end day, there would be a like a token team building event that a tour operator would be. Um, hired out for. And so now since COVID, there's a different need because there's a, a bigger need for more of a connection with the people, or that's what we believe anyway. And so now when teams come together, rather than um, just doing that conference space all day long in this in the space together, there needs to be an integration of activities in order for them to have this connection that they're currently lacking because they work remotely. And there's a lot of stats out right now. I actually don't have them right in front of me, but huge studies with big companies um, um, where, you know, 97%, I think, of people don't want to go back to how it was before. So it's not likely changing anytime soon, even though a number of businesses might try and shift to go back to the traditional model. I think it's going to be a very difficult um, fight for companies to do that, and especially anytime soon. So in the, in the meanwhile, it's very valuable to think about as a as a as a manager or a supervisor how how do you engage your employees 
And how do you keep that level of engagement up? Because there's just so much competition right now where they'll just go to another company. So I have some thoughts on this market. They wouldn't be surprising to either of you. I've got to have some strong thoughts on this market. So for our, for our listeners and the tourpreneurs, corporate business has been about forever for tourpreneurs. Uh, I think it's changed dramatically. I don't think enough of our community do enough corporate business. They ignore this channel, and it's a an excellent channel for, for our community. It's not an easy channel to develop, but it's an excellent channel when you do develop, and it builds after you get going in it. Where, where I personally see the changes from my own experience of working in this sector a lot prior to COVID, all of the corporate customers I've ever had were, I would say, they were with us because it was nice to have. They were rewarding their employees. They were taking out their employees for end of season or end of quarter results. So it was nice to have. They were doing it for team building effect, for basically thanking people for working for the company. And it was a nice to have, but it wasn't essential. It was not essential. We were delivering fun. We were delivering excitement. And we're delivering some nice rewards, be it a day or a weekend or a short break or whatever it was. And I, I still say that was nice to have. It wasn't essential for the business. Bounce forward to after COVID, where you've explained all the hybrid stuff going on. I'm, I'm on side with that. I believe hybrid's here for life. Some companies are totally remote and they're not going to change. Other ones are going to stay at hybrid. And the companies that stay that you must go into the office are going to find it extremely difficult to retain staff because the staff can walk out the door and join another another company pretty quickly uh, because there's a staffing crisis. So I'm a big believer this hybrid's here to, to stay. So what does that mean? I think the nice to have has gone to must have. So corporates must get their teams together if they're working from home because if they don't get their teams together, and there's plenty of data to back this up, the facts are we are not as productive working remotely from home as we are when we get together. And there's some data that shows people can be more productive, but individually when taking on mass, because you're not interacting with people every single day in a human capacity, mm -hmm. there is there's a reduction in productivity and a reduction in ideas and a, and a massive reduction in learning, particularly if you have a young staff in their 20s who need to go through that learning phase. Therefore, what does that mean? That means you have a need to have so for our industry, that basically means all corporate companies who are working hybrid now need to have meetings. And I'm not quite sure everybody's grabbing the scale of that on a global basis and the actual size of the opportunity that is. Yeah, and not only is the productivity higher when you come together and the energy and the creativity, like you mentioned, but also just the ability and the opportunity for teams to build trust. And I think that's really essential for teams working together. And there's a lot of new data out that um, the values are changing for what employees care about. So before what was valuable, valuable for as an employee is different now. And what's more important now is are things like um, connection with uh, your team or flexibility, you know, such as a hybrid model or the culture. And so these things are emerging as higher values. So without having an opportunity for your team to meet up and have this experience together to build that trust, I think it's it will um, affect those, um, uh, you know, the ability for 
that connection to happen. But also it's really difficult to work with people if you've never met them ever. And there's some companies that over COVID they hired staff and they've never met them or, you know, maybe they just meet up once in a while and it's, and it's difficult to have, um, you can only have such a, a deepness to a relationship, whether you're working with somebody or not, when you only know them online. So I think it's really critical for, you know, for, to have these meetup experiences. One of the things that sort of back up where you, you are thinking is that we step out and I'm a big fan of stepping out our own bubble all the time and, and look at other sectors. But this is related sector. If we look at the hotel sector and the alternative accommodation sector and look at how many billions they're currently spending on redesigning their hotel experience or redesigning their alternative accommodation experience in order to cater to the corporate clients, that is a, a big red flag signal to me that if billions of dollars are being spent to enable these teams to come together in situations from an accommodation point of view that allows them to be creative and all the team building and all the stuff that you said, Jackie, that to me is a signal that tour operators should be looking at because on the whole, we don't spend billions, we don't even spend millions. But when we're looking at a related industry who are investing in this sector massively in all sorts mm -hmm. of creative ways, and every day I see different ways they're investing in it that, that open my eyes to, to it, it's, to me, they're just building a channel for us and working on us, but I don't think we've necessarily grasped that yet or seen that yet or connected with all these uh, accommodation providers who are building these new facilities to allow these teams to come together. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, um, I think we're at a massive transition point. I mean, obviously, so it's, uh, I don't think we know, I mean, we, we can only make speculations on how the future is going to look, but it's definitely going to be very different. And um, I think you're right, if these tour operator or sorry, these uh, facilities are just changing so radically, then, you know, there's, there's a reason, <laughs> there's definitely a reason for it. And the the higher performing organizations are are going to be jumping on that quicker, and then you know the the more traditional ones will kind of follow up last when they realize it'll be more difficult to retain their staff. You know the the organizations that aren't um, addressing those kind of culture and connection needs to their to their team while doing it in a hybrid model. What uh, are things for the community? But because our community is so used to quite high volume and chasing lots of bookings chasing more and more and more customers where the opportunity sort of lies with the corporate and the sector you guys are moving into is you don't actually need a lot of customers in this space you may only end up with 10 20 30 customers but if they're the customers of the right scale that could be your year full depending on how many people are in each of these corporates and how many team meetings they're having what also is happening is as companies in this corporate space and the startup world, because it's not just big corporates, lots of startups are living this life as well. Once they find a destination and once they find an accommodation solution and once they find people to help them do what they're doing, they're booking it up years ahead. So they may be deciding that they're going to meet once a month. They're going to meet one. It's often once a quarter for lots of them, but that's four bookings a year mm -hmm. in one, one location. And, they, and lots of them are going back to, once they discover a location that works for them, they're going back time and time again to the same location because it, all, it takes away all of the pain of, is all the IT going to work? Is all the communication going to work? Is the broadband going to work? Have we got the facilities that we really need? 
to make this, mm -hmm. this event really work for us. So there's a big repeat booking opportunity here for operators in this space working with mm -hmm. partners because this is something that's not going to give you business for a year. This is something that's going to give you business year after year after year after year. And again, when you when you scope that out, the opportunity in there of dealing with a small amount of customers that going really deep with a small amount of customers rather than our normal life where we're trying to deal with thousands and thousands of customers all the time, I think is a different mindset and way of thinking about it. Yeah, it's definitely less of a mass tourism um, concept. I would I would agree, and um, you know, the the opportunity to connect with more operators also goes beyond just us as operators, because we're focused on co corporate tourism. But another key element to what we're doing is customization, and I think that's really important. So, um, you know, we have a background in doing assessments, qualitative data assessments, and then sort of crafting an experience based on that. And whether it's, you know, a deep dive into like the data of the, of the needs of the company, of the individuals, or just conversations, and building an experience around the company because each company is unique in their needs. So to have just a, like a custom template um, trip that you would give and sell to everybody is very different than what we're offering. So we're offering a little bit more of a customization to, you know, what what's your team like um, and and within within that day, there's more opportunity, you know, there's time for teams to meet, but then we also want to link up with other tour operators. And so, you know, maybe operators that aren't working in, in the corporate tourism, but a local, you know, like in Iceland, for example, possibly a tour operator that does glacial walks or, um, you know, just as an example. So I think that, um, I think it's, I think there's a lot more potential for that kind of like integration with different activities, whether it's a cooking class, you know, with um, you know, that's Jen's background with Edible Switzerland, and she has so many amazing contacts and networks in that, you know, whether it's like a, a, a cooking theme or, you know, an adrenaline, um, an, an adrenaline sport. But um, yeah, just really that customization is another key part that I think is um, kind of where we're targeting or where we're uh, aiming to go towards. So Jen, where are we actually at with your startup at the moment? Where are you I believe you've identified a great market, uh, not just a growing one, but one with a very long lifespan. Where are you with the startup? How are, what stage are you at? You've obviously gone through all the research stage. Where are you now with the startup? Uh, we're actively crafting some team building experiences just to, mm, we're creating a, we call it a menu of team building experiences that we can offer in person. We're, um, yeah, um, Yesterday, we actually talked with a potential, I'm going to say a potential client, we're going to cross our fingers, <laughs> but uh, just discovering where they're at. They just, they decided or they're, they're discovering that um, they need to focus a bit on well-being of their employees, but they don't even know what, what kind of solutions there are out there. So, so we're, we're in our discovery phase, we're in our startup phase, we're kind of, Trying to, I, what would you say, Jackie? What do you think? Where where we're at? Well, I think I think we're kind of at this really exciting stage that seems new because it is the way that we've come together and branded it and packaged it up is kind of new us, but us doing this work isn't necessarily new, you know. So 
Um, even before COVID, I put on a, a workshop in Gstaad, Switzerland, uh, with a very similar concept for an Australian um, tech company and some local companies. And that was sort of their team off like a retreat, uh, uh, a three-day retreat here in Switzerland. And it was kind of a blend of mornings, work sessions, and then afternoon e-bike rides. And then, you know, it was at a five-star hotel. So it was very nice and luxurious and like a really good experience. So I think and then, you know, Jen's done very similar stuff as well to what we're doing. You know, like I said, with her, she's doing some amazing things with the foodies in Switzerland and these really cool foodie dinners and like this, these events that are just amazing. I went, the first one I went to of hers was after COVID and I told her, wow, this was the best experience I've had in two years because <laughs> she put on this amazing <laughs> event. So I think what we've done is we're kind of at the stage where we've taken that and then we've kind of been building it the past year. And we're just now at the point where it's like, okay, we're ready to, you know, the website's almost done and we're talking with people and we're kind of, it's sort of an exciting, but very new stage is what I would say. One of the lessons I can take out just from my own background on speaking to lots and lots of operators is there's a tendency in our community and a tendency we operators to build, build, build. Uh, this actually happens in tech as well and, and all my relationships with the travel tech companies people are building 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 and the issue with building 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 is you don't know if you're building the right thing so if if we if we look at the the normal what i see it's 80 percent development of experiences or the product and 20 percent doing business development now i'm not saying i'm right i may not be but i always switch that on its head I'll do 20% development, then 80% business development. Because normally my development of the experiences and the product is going to change quite dramatically depending on my business development. So what does that mean in simple language? You have to spend a lot more time with customer, potential customers, networking with customers, speaking to customers to find out, because you just actually mentioned it, Jen, the one you were speaking to yesterday, their issue was wellness. I can guarantee you the next one you're speaking to, it probably will be different from wellness. Yeah. Therefore, what you build may not be the right thing for the current market customers that you get. And in this market, mm. you're lucky because if you land a customer next week, the chances are that customer doesn't book to do what you're going to do for a month, two months, three months, because they're planning out. It's not an instant thing. That they want to come very quickly therefore you have the opportunity to then create bespoke to that to that customer obviously you build frameworks and, and structures around that in advance uh, and like you say you have a menu and you have structures and you do it but i do think in our community just because of the nature of the people in it there's a lot of creative people creating a lot of stuff when we actually need to be speaking to customers a lot more than the time than we do I'm just going to say I agree. I think I think that's probably where we should start focusing is more on talking to customers or potential customers and 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 getting our first few clients. Yeah, yeah I think I'm sorry. We, we just make assumptions. We, we all do it because we're humans. We make assumptions about what the customer wants, what the customer needs. The only way you find out is when you engage. You have to go to battle, you have to engage with them, you have to engage with them regular. And and the yeah. learning journey you get from the customer beats the learning journey you get from anywhere else. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good advice and that's a good reminder. And it's very true. And I, actually that's what, why I really value working with Jen because she's way more on the scale of, of that than myself. I, I like to refine things a lot more um, before I put it out. And Jen is a little bit more um, fearlessness and just doing that. So I think it's a really good balance and it's kind of pushed us in that side more than I would probably naturally go. And I really value that. And I'm actually learning a lot from Jen, from Jen doing that. So, um, yeah, no, I think I think that's a really good point to keep remembering as well to um, to, to keep going back to that. that like it's, it, cha- it can change. It can, you know, the clients I, uh, years and years and years ago, I used to run at the Banff Alpine Center in Banff, Canada. I was the activities coordinator. I'm talking like many years ago. <laughs> and I would host an event one night. Um, you know, ice hockey or something on a frozen pond and nobody would come. And then the next time 40 people would come like the next Wednesday. And I remember always saying, you have to try it three times because the third time is where it would balance out. Cause you know, you'd have an event and you think, well, why did nobody, nobody came? It's a failure. And so I learned very early in that one job. That was the biggest lesson I learned in that job is that you have to try these things over and over. So, I mean, it's kind of similar to what you're saying about talking to the clients and just not you know, setting, you know, putting your mindset on exactly what you putting too much time into a structure that might change or evolve or it might not be what the clients want. Have you done anything, again, this is all business development, have you done any thoughts about working through B2B partnerships? Because there's a lot of companies in this space who will already have clients at scale, mm-hmm. but are always exploring new solutions for the clients and new partnerships for the clients? Yeah, we, um, so we can have two, two concepts right now. One is the, the retreats in Iceland and Switzerland. And the other that we're just kind of refining right now is the team building. And for that, we're working a lot um, with other partners that have something to offer. Um, so we're kind of putting, we're working with other operators, you know, getting their B2B um, you know, working with them so that they are working. Sorry, Jen, can you explain what I'm trying to say? And most of our Jen's contacts, because she's so uh, she's so connected with um, with so many of these really interesting operators within Switzerland. So we're kind of working with them. But Jen, you probably can speak more about that. Um, well, in Switzerland, I'll just have to tell you that it's very, very fragmented. Everything is either in French or, or German or Italian. And sometimes it's in English and it also depends. There's 26 different cantons. So there's 26 different ways to do things. And um, I think so over my edible Switzerland experience, I've just made a lot of connections with people who already offer kind of uh, just different experiences. And so what we're doing is we're just gathering them together to to highlight like kind of the diversity of what of things that can happen. Uh, one thing that I'm kind of concerned about is every time you go in Switzerland, you go do something, you either have a fondue or a raclette. And it's like summer or winter, you're always having that. So I'm on this personal mission to discover all these other things you can do other than fondue or raclette. So, I, um, so, so they are more, maybe they're not at the scale of what you're thinking in terms of B2B partnerships. Like maybe we should talk to hotels or something, but right now we're at the uh, experience provider level. 
Yeah, the, and the like Jackie, Jackie lives in Villar, which is a mountain town in uh, in Switzerland. And she's been scouting out like different loca interesting locations that are not hotels to have different experiences, like your coffee shop. And um, that anyway, like, and she's just been scouting out different locations to have it. But as you said before, I realize you're right. We're developing, 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 <laughs> and we should just get it out there. <laughs> There's other potential partners in Switzerland. There's a lot of inbound DMCs in Switzerland and destination okay. management companies that get corporate inquiries. Normally, mm -hmm. Switzerland's a big destination for corporate events coming yeah. in for conferences and uh, various events. It, it always has been. I've been to multiple events in Switzerland. So it's a big inbound destination for corporate events that are organized via DMCs. The really big ones, the National Swiss Tourist Board, gets involved in as well so making relationships with these partners uh, mm. you can then get invited to events that you will know nothing about you you won't know that company's coming to switzerland but it's coming someone else will be doing a lot of it but you will could be then invited to do bits of it right and once you start developing these partnerships and you get enough of them it, it can add up to serious amounts of business over a year if you end up with working with 10 different DMCs who are all dealing with their inbound customers and you're just doing the odd job here or there for them, it helps you get out, it helps you hone the model that you're you're building. And at the end of the day, it's, in a lot of ways, you're in a B2B business as well as B2C direct to other business. This is all about relationships and partnerships. This is not something someone presses a button on a website and buys. And therefore, website's important, media is important, getting all that marketing out there is important, but this is really a relationship business. This is speaking to people and one-to-one. -one. Okay. That this is why we're part of the Turpreneur community, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> sure. uh, it's, again, it's, I'm just learning everything. It's not really my background, but any... Sorry. Yeah, this, this just... isn't really a tourism background. This no, it's is business more, development background, right? It's, it's more of uh, business development. It's because of the sector that you've picked, which I think, as we discussed, is a great sector. This really, really is a business development job. Okay. There is some digital, you've got a digital marketing background, so there is going to be some digital marketing on that. Obviously, the pages, yeah. the media has got to be good. You've got to get some videos of the events, et cetera, et cetera. All of that has to look great, but that's not what's going to win your business. No, it may bring it a little bit, but it's it's business to business development that's going to that's going to bring the business in for this. So, currently, what do you think the biggest challenges you have at the moment to get this off the ground and started? Our challenges are um, finding finding clients funding our first clients because we know exactly what we want to do. We can plan our itineraries, our days and everything. So finding the right client, which you've already said, business development and networking, that's where we should focus. Yeah. And then um, the other challenges are we're expats. <laughs> we're English speakers living in a country, a trilingual country, and we're kind of like the fourth, uh, fourth level of language. But a lot of like international tourism, a lot of the international corporations, their first language is English. So we always think it's a benefit, but uh, doing things like with local people, that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I can see that being a challenge. Uh, I've been to all the regions of Switzerland and 
the languages that I'm not good with languages, so I can save me a challenge. But again, coming back to all of these inbound conferences, yeah. not all of them, because there's lots come for Germany and they're, they're German speaking, but there's a lot of these inbound international conferences going into Switzerland that they are held yeah. in English. They are they're 100 yeah. percent uh, English conferences. So um, I did attend a wine tourism, uh, I don't know, formation on wine tourism the other day, and I really there I really understood. Once I was there, I really understood why there are so many levels of uh, that is an industry organization. And then I, it was only then did I understand I should be talking to this organization and less to the vineyard themselves. So, yes. so that's yes. my first, uh, yeah, my first um, business development <laughs> last week was like uh, just make, making connections in that. Um, organization so it is a it is a learning journey and if people are not used to doing business development it is a, like everything else it's a journey that has to be learned there's a digital side of it and there's the face-to-face -face side of it. you've got to do the research online and then pick up the phone speak to all of the organizations if you're looking for individual yeah. companies obviously linkedin is perfect for finding the individual companies uh, then there's lots of Definitive Google searches looking for the events that are coming into Switzerland. So again, as simple as events Switzerland to find out all the events that are coming into Switzerland, and then and okay. looking at what you think you could possibly be aligned with. So there's a lot. Although I'm saying this is a, a pure people to people business, it's not really because a lot of the research is digital, and just yeah. finding all of that targets and then working through a uh, that. To, give you a sales pipeline and a business development pipeline and then actually attending all of these events local events in the different cantons the ones that are bringing international ones in certainly sitting down with the dmcs and the national tourist board i'll be doing that face to face rather than remotely for sure uh, because they can be long long-term partners that will drive a lot of value into the business because uh, you're, you're eventually going to end up with a business model that will be split between so much B2B with via your partners coming in yeah. and so much you're developing yourself B2C by going direct to the, it's not B2C, it's still B2B, but you're going direct to the corporate companies yourselves and developing that versus working with partners. You will end up with both. I can guarantee, I can guarantee you that. You won't end up with one or one or other. And you do want both because it gives you a more resilient and a more stable business once you, once you start scaling this up. So what do you, we know where you are, you're right at the start, you're building, you've got your ideas, you've got your structure, you've got your frameworks, the web presence is about to go live. What do you think going forward uh, is going to be your challenges for 2023? Because 2023 is really now going to be your launch year. Where would you like to be at the end of 23, like December 2023? What's What's this business going to look like? What's Global Team Gathering going to look like at December 23? I think that's a conversation we have to have. Because <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> of the year, we had a conversation. And, uh, and, then, and so then we would, I think we need to have that conversation again. But I think it's a really good conversation to have because we did come together at the beginning of the year um, when we first met you. but 
but then uh, as i said we life happened there's so many things that happened this year but we started refocusing in september so yeah i think yeah. that's quite important i mean life does happen it happens to us all and it's happened to everybody in the world over the last couple of years crazy mm -hmm. in startup world which you are both now in right startup world can't think four or five years ahead that's just mad but startup mm -hmm. world has to think 12 months ahead and have really clear objectives of where yeah. you're going to be in three months six months nine months mm -hmm. and 12 months super clear objectives not too many of them but super clear objectives for the first year because if you don't you will get to december and you won't be anywhere near where you thought in your head you were going to be you've got to get these super clear objectives for the first mm -hmm. year to hit the ground running and obviously it's different for every single startup the objectives could be super challenging or the objectives may be not that challenging it doesn't matter you have to have some objectives laid out otherwise you you end up getting to the end of your first year and there's and a I call it drifting. Mm. You'll just be drifting in the space. You'll have some clients. You'll be doing some business, but you will be drifting rather than focused. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to do. Um, and we, yeah, like Jen said, we have done that, but we need to, that was a long enough ago where, okay, now we're ready to kind of launch and get out there. So it's a good time to revisit. Yeah, and I also think just from a society way, I mean, I could be wrong here, often wrong, but 2023 hopefully is some sort of normality in life. Like where the last few years have been all over the place with booms and busts and all over the place. And whereas we're all hoping we're getting some stability in 2023. I mean, we may have some economic challenges because the economy is not great, but we hope there's some stability from the chaos of the last few years in 2023. So I think it's it's a year that all of us in the community really need to focus on getting businesses back to some sort of stability uh, and focus in 2023 rather than firefighting that basically everybody's been doing for the last couple of years yeah yeah exactly um, that firefighting is exhausting <laughs> yes it is <laughs> yes oh, i need a month off it really is believe me and so, one of our uh, sorry go ahead jackie oh you also mentioned you you mentioned challenges one of our our biggest challenges is um, I'm a huge fondue fan, and Jen isn't, as she mentioned. So <laughs> a lot of <laughs> that sort of I'm crafting and creating somehow all involve fondue. And I know every time I put it together, <laughs> Jen doesn't like that. But <laughs> it's really hard in Switzerland. I could contribute to that because one of my first corporate events in Switzerland, fondue was part of it, and it was really nice. My second corporate event in Switzerland, fondue was part of it and it was okay-ish but once you've had it two or three times it's enough but what you've always got in mind you have to look at the customer who's the customer if they've never had a corporate event in switzerland it's a great experience as part of it but if they're a local swiss company or someone who comes on a regular time maybe mm -hmm. not my greatest experience at a corporate event in switzerland is we paraglided and landed on the hotel lawn and just walked through the door with a drink in her hand. Yeah. So that, that was quite that was quite cool for a corporate corporate event. This was it was an That's interval. The, uh, adrenaline one. <laughs> yeah, that was that yeah. was quite a cool corporate event. Yeah, so we're putting a fat biking uh, a fat biking option together now, so it'll be kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
stuff like that just sticks in sticks in the memories. So looking forward to this year, you are both members of the tourpreneur community. It's all about learning. What are you hoping to contribute to the community and what are you hoping to learn for the community on this? Because I think you pair could contribute a lot about the corporate stuff. Because as I said at the beginning, the community is not great at corporate development, looking at all the conversations of Udboy operators. And I think it's a massive channel for the operators to develop. Therefore, having a couple of people in the community who are focused solely on the corporate, I think is a great, because most operators are not going to be, all operators are not going to be focused on corporate only. It will just be one part of the business. When I used to do a lot of it, it wasn't my only business. It was one part of the business. So I think you could add a lot of benefit on your learning journey to the community. But what else do you want to learn from the entrepreneurs community this year? I think there's been such a huge trend in tourism in the past two years globally that I don't I don't think we totally understand the implications of that and how it will affect us. And I don't know. Um, and I think like the the people that are working right now as tour operators that are on the ground and that they had an established business before and kind of saw the transition. And it'd just be really interesting to know how how that is shifting and how that would affect what we're doing with kind of corporate tourism is there. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Jen, what about, what, are, what do you think we could learn? Um, well, I always like the support. I'm, it's one of the groups that I visit quite regularly. I, um, I also have the newsletter, which I read every week <laughs> or whenever it's published, I do read it. Um, and then I always, I just, him, I guess for me, I just, because we're right at the beginning of this journey, we actually don't know what we need. So we just yep. need to learn sure. learn who, what's out there. I'm pretty, I don't know, I'm pretty active. Every time I see something that I think is interesting, like the other day I posted on dark tourism and I thought, I hadn't seen that term before, but it sparked a bit of conversation and things. So I just, I like the community because it's super supportive and we, you can, if you ever, if I ever have a question, I just learned. And the one, another day I was like trying to talk about, I think it was Kesto, Questo tourism. Like they make uh, games. So I'm some, so it's, it's really great. Um, hive mind, I call it a hive mind. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like, Everybody has perspectives, or they're trying something in that area or not. And that's a perfect example. The Cresto experiences, which are basically digital experiences and treasure hunts from an old fashioned name. But how many times have corporate events done treasure hunts, whereas now you can do them digitally around different destinations, depending on where the destination is? The chances are where you end up hosting an event will probably already have Cresto. Uh, event availability. Yeah. So again, there's people you can connect with. Going back to what you said, Jackie, about trends, you got to mind users looking at corporates, but who are corporates? They're made up of people. People are people. Can everybody say I've got a business life and I've got a personal life, which I think is a lot of bollocks. You've got a life. It just blends into one, one thing. But the trends are people are doing more experiences and valuing experiences higher than things. 
And that's not just in travel mm. and tourism, it's across everything. But it's having a dramatic effect on tourism because it's driving more and more people into tourism because they've decided mm. in life, because of experiences we've all had recently, that this experience of life, doing things, is more valuable than buying things, physical things. Now, that's a society thing, but these people go to work and then they work in organisations that we call corporates. But that doesn't change that. They still have them desires in the corporates. And the people organising these events, the managers and the directors of the companies, they're no different from the other people. They're still in the experience economy. They're still experiencing uh, wanting to get new experiences. So I think the whole industry is in a really, really opportunistic place at the moment, purely because of these global trends. We didn't start it. We didn't create it. We're just part of it, and it just it's just happening. It just mm -hmm. happens to be happening, and we, if we're wise, we can create experiences that are really going to satisfy this demand and, and ride this wave of the experience economy in all sorts of new and innovative ways. I think what you are doing is innovative in the sense that you've identified the way people are living and working, this hybrid and remote work, and then you're creating experiences for them to maximise their learning about this. So it's, it's really, really interesting from my point of view. And I think it'll be really interesting to follow your journey and see how you get on the community. So I'd like to thank you both for spending some time with me this morning from sunny Switzerland. I wish I was there and steady in rainy Scotland. And thanks very much. Thank you.